Hi, this is Heidi. Episode 7, Thoughts and Feelings. This podcast is for people using confidence, curiosity, and courage to solve their problems and realize their dreams. I'm glad you're here. Hey, friends. Thanks for joining me this week. I am beginning a contest for a $50 Amazon gift card, and I will enter you into the drawing if you will please, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes before October 26th. Five stars sounds nice. A big please and thank you from me. This allows so many more people to find the podcast and early reviews really help my podcast. And I am so encouraged and motivated and humbled by the emails and comments that I've received from so many of you and how a lot of the tips and tools and experiences that I'm sharing are really helping you. And another big thank you to a lot of you who have been sharing it on social media and with your friends. So on to today's episode. In episode five, I taught you about separating out your thoughts from the circumstances going on around you. And if you've been following me, and a copy of the model that I keep on referring to is available on my website, HeidiBenjaminson.com. A foundation element of my coaching is to help clients separate out their thoughts, which remember are optional from the circumstances or the neutral things going on around them that are out of their control. Now today, I want to talk to you about separating out your thoughts from your feelings. So we have thoughts about circumstances going on around us. And these thoughts then create emotions or feelings. So circumstances come first, and then we have thoughts and then feelings. And by slowing down and gaining this level of awareness, we are able to feel so much more increased emotional control. Now, first, I want to talk about why identifying and understanding our feelings or emotions really is so important. And I'll bet there are a few of you listening who don't maybe want to be seen as an emotional person. And I hope I can change your mind by the end of this episode and have you totally dying to understand and study your emotions. So first and foremost, why understand our emotions? Emotions or feelings drive and fuel all of our actions or inactions that we take in life. We are propelled or influenced to do anything in life because of how we think we're going to feel when we reach the goal or buy the outfit or get a new job, etc. And this is why it's important to understand emotions, to understand why we do certain things, and then we can intentionally create the emotions that we want to drive and fuel our actions towards the goals and the results that we do want in the future. A client recently was telling me that she is so emotional and this other person in her life is so logical. Here's the truth. We are all emotional. Emotions are what fuel every single person. 
It's just some of us may act out the emotions in different ways, or these emotions just seem more obvious to everyone around them. And I want to take a minute to separate out feelings from sensations. So feelings are created by thoughts in our brain. And sensations like hunger or physical pain or even some smell are involuntary and they start in the body. So those are sensations. I'm not going to be talking about those in this podcast. I'll talk about them in a later one. So today we're going to be focusing on feelings and emotions that come from thoughts. And most of the time, and until you're an expert at this work, we're not going to be aware of every single thought that's driving a certain emotion. So many of our thoughts are just kind of like autopilot thoughts. We are so programmed to think the same thing. And our brain is always trying to conserve energy. So it's going to go to the most commonly used thought. If you daily wake up and make a negative comment about your body or about your day or about your life, that repeated thought then goes on autopilot every single day. Here's the good news. You can reprogram your brain when you become conscious of those thoughts. And by reprogramming it, you start to tell your brain a new thought, which will create a new emotion every single day. So the work of separating out our thoughts from our feelings is very empowering and so enlightening. Most likely, you're aware of how you're feeling throughout the day and can identify that easier than identifying the thought that's creating the emotion. This morning, I was feeling super rushed and anxious. After my kids left for school, I saw an important form on the counter that my daughter really needed, and our family was distracted as the kids were getting out the door. And the paper wasn't making me anxious all of a sudden. If it was just any other paper, I would have just left it there. But I had this thought that my daughter really, really needs this and I need to race to school in traffic and then drop it off and get to my gym class before 8.30, which I didn't want to be late for or I'd be charged for. So all of those thoughts are what were creating the emotion of rushed and anxiety in my body. And just so you know, I made it on time. Now, last Sunday, my awesome husband turned 50 years old. Totally crazy. How can he be 50 when I'm like 25? Just kidding. I'm there in two years. But seriously, we feel young. We spent all weekend celebrating him and spoiling him. I had such feelings of love and contentment. And those emotions weren't being created by my husband or by my kids. No one else can get into my head and create those thoughts or trigger those emotions. It was my thoughts. I'm so lucky to be married to my husband. I love my family so much. I love fallen New England. I love how much my kids adore their dad. I love our life. Those were the thoughts creating those emotions. And my husband was having whatever emotions he was having on his birthday because of his thoughts. My thoughts can't create his emotions. Although our family did give him an awesome present and his thoughts about that clearly made him happy. Now, I can also look at my children and feel other emotions. 
I was very frustrated with a child earlier in the week. They weren't making me frustrated. They were just a neutral circumstance. It was my thoughts that they were not being responsible and respectful that were creating the frustration inside me. I spent many years working hard and trying to parent like a good parent to keep my kids rooms clean and getting mad at them and motivating them and getting frustrated and making their messy rooms mean that they don't care about the things we buy them and worse that they just want to be a mess. Then I realized all those thoughts were optional and I didn't like those feelings and I took time to analyze my thoughts creating the emotions and I decided I could change my thoughts to change what I was feeling. Now it doesn't mean that I don't hold them accountable for the chores and things around the house, but I have more control over my emotions and I'm able to motivate them from a place of love, not frustration, and I'm not blaming my kids or their bedrooms for how I feel. I know that I have to take ownership of those emotions. Now, when my husband and I are going on a trip, It's very common that we both have very different emotions as we're getting ready to drive to the airport. Now, Bill comes from a long line of early arrivers, and he stresses big time if he doesn't arrive somewhere very early. And I know I'm always going to get where I'm going to get on time, or it's going to be okay. I've had a few near misses ask my kids about us racing through the Orlando airport, and JetBlue saying, oh, it's the Benjaminsons, as we ran full speed to the gate. That was way too close for me. But I don't like the feeling of excessive worrying and stressing before a trip. It makes me forget things. And I think that's worse than not being early. So I intentionally manage my thoughts to control my emotions. So I stay calm and I remember everything that I need and my family needs for a trip. And I asked my husband, what's going through his head? What are his thoughts as he starts feeling stressed before we leave? He said he's thinking, why are we still doing this? Why haven't we left yet? It's going to make me late. Oh no, what if we hit traffic and get to the airport late? And what if we miss our flight? Every single thing could go wrong and it's going to mess up this trip. He said his mind starts seeing everything that could possibly go wrong and that creates the stress. And he has this neural highway of thoughts that goes through his head and builds up that emotion to get him anywhere early. And it works for him. He's never late. But it isn't me or anyone else making him stressed, although he would like to differ with that, but it's my podcast, so... He can't differ. It's his thoughts about the time and so forth that create the emotion of worry and stress. Now, in reality, I love that he isn't late, but I've had to learn not to mirror his emotions and to stay in control of my thoughts. And it takes both of our emotions and planning to get us places on time and with the right things. I have practiced and learned that this thought, everything is going to be okay, calms my nerves and allows me to start breathing. And I challenge you to find a thought that will allow you to take the edge off of stress or anxiety when you see it starting to spin out of control for you. Okay, 
Another scenario. Last week, my daughter got a sweet note from another middle school boy, and she couldn't stop smiling. And I've asked her permission if I can share this. She was beyond happy, and she came home and told me all about it. She was excited and happy. She told me her cheeks hurt from smiling so big. And then she started to tell me what she was thinking that was creating those emotions. She said she was thinking how sweet it was that this boy likes her, how awesome it is that he thinks that she's pretty, and she was so excited to sit by him at lunch. Clearly, I have a long six years coming ahead. I kept telling her that we are pointing out to this boy and any other boy that comes near her how big her brothers are and that they can put him in his place if needed. But it was really interesting to see how she could verbalize to me what she was thinking that was creating those emotions. Now, there will most likely be a time in the near future when she'll be feeling a different emotion about the situation. Maybe disappointment or sadness. We'll handle that when we get there. But it will be her thoughts creating those emotions, not the boy or a note that he had another person give her. Whenever she wants to become more aware, she can think those thoughts to create her happiness. Now, another common daily emotion for us is the feeling of overwhelm. Maybe overwhelm because we look at our calendar or overwhelm when we look at our to-do list. When we pause and ask ourselves what thoughts are creating the emotion of overwhelm, it's usually thoughts like, oh no, there's so much to do, or I won't get it all done, or it's going to be a busy and stressful day. Those thoughts are all optional and they are creating the emotion of overwhelm. A good practice is to ask yourself, how do you want to feel today? Then experiment and choose a thought that can create that specific emotion as you check things off your to-do list. Now, speaking of emotions and managing worry in particular, I help clients explore what's the worst thing that can happen in any situation. And we detail out exactly what could be the worst thing to happen and what they will feel at that time if for some reason the worst thing really does happen. It might not feel good and will create chemicals in their body, but it will pass over time. The worst thing to happen is always feeling an emotion. This is why it's so important to identify and manage your thoughts when you feel yourself feeling heightened worry or anxiety or stress. Rarely is it useful and our thoughts are spinning out of control. And when we can identify the emotion and take a look at our thoughts, we realize the irrationality and the uselessness of them and the anxiety then has much less control over us. We realize that we're worrying about things that we have zero control over, and when we are aware that these thoughts are optional, we are empowered to manage our emotions to a greater degree. Stress and anxiety don't just happen to us. Our thoughts create it, and we can control them when we learn to separate the thoughts from the emotions in our bodies. And we shouldn't limit our lives or what we try to accomplish because of our fears. Because our fears, you guys, are just emotions. Maybe embarrassment 
or shame or disappointment. If we're afraid of failure, we're afraid of growing and improving and expanding and creating. All successes and accomplishments in life come from an equal amount of negative emotion. We have to be willing to feel it all. Truly confident people are willing to feel any emotion in life. Now, understanding that an emotion like discomfort is really an emotion that's helping us is very important. If we tell ourselves we don't like discomfort, we're saying, oh, I'm done growing. And here's the thing. Those emotions will always be caused by our thoughts. And when we realize our thoughts are what are causing shame or rejection or humiliation, we're more willing to take risks and then feel responsible for those emotions when they do happen. My oldest son has been injured most of the last month and hasn't been able to play the majority of his school varsity soccer games. And I realized a week ago that I was disappointed and I sat and asked myself, like, why am I feeling this? Like, I wanted to really identify the emotion and then identify my thoughts. I identified disappointment as the loudest emotion in my body. And I realized what I was thinking. I really love watching him play and seeing him excel at something he loves. And I'm just disappointed that I can't see him this season. I'm creating the disappointment, not him at all. He's enduring his own emotions about the situation, which are caused by his thoughts. And because he's not a very expressive child, I don't know exactly what he's thinking or feeling. But regardless, my thoughts aren't causing his emotions. His thoughts are. I was coaching a woman recently who told me of an experience with one of her children and how she was so touched by something so kind and complimentary he had said about her to the family. And she was so proud and happy which she should have been. And I asked her, what was causing these emotions? What did she make his words mean? And she said she was thinking, well, I'm a good mother. I'm doing something right for my children. Those thoughts created the emotion of pride and happiness and confidence. It wasn't her son. Although for any sons listening, you should totally give your moms a lot of praise. I'm just saying. But seriously, helping her see that those thoughts are always available in the many other situations when maybe he's saying other things or he's acting in other ways gives her more emotional control because all moms are being awesome moms when their kids are mad at them and also when they're happy. And our emotional wellness hinges on us being able to have our backs and know we're doing our best and feel confidence even if our kids don't like what we're saying to them. All parents leave the hospital after their children are born, knowing hopefully how to change a diaper. But I think the more powerful tool we need at every stage of parenting is the ability to create mental confidence, to know we're doing the right thing, no matter what is happening. Emotional health is a skill and is very worth the work. This is what I help clients do every day, understanding why they're feeling a certain way, this type of causal coaching, not coaching the symptoms, but getting to the root cause of a problem allows us to take control at our most basic level and make lifelong changes. 
not just changes that stop after our willpower dries up, but being able to manage our emotions gives us control over our lives, our decisions, and our futures. Now, here's the last thing that I want to leave with you. All we ever want in life is a feeling. We want to be married because we like the feeling of love and happiness and security. We want our children to do well so we can feel content and pride. We want money so we can feel security and peace. Those things do not make us happy. Our thoughts about them create the emotions and the feelings we desire and will experience when we have them. So knowing this gives us the emotional control and power over our lives. And when we practice identifying the thoughts that create those emotions and any other emotion we might want, we can have that when we want it. And even right now, without changing anything around us, this is true emotional health. Now, if you would like help managing your emotional health, please contact me at my website at HeidiBenjaminson.com or send me a message on social media. In one coaching session, I know I can help you gain control over what you're thinking and feeling and thus creating in your life. I am a certified life coach and I can help you. 